It's about what God's saying and doing. Um, well, I encourage you to keep your Bibles open there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, for those of you guys that have been with us, uh, you probably are wondering why we're in 1 Corinthians 12 today because we haven't finished Galatians. <laughs> and so I'm going to address that here in a second. But before I do, just a couple of things to make note of. Just want to encourage you guys as a church body. Um, first off, we haven't told you guys or given you an update from our Easter offering. Um, and some of you guys were a part of that. We did a resurrection offering that was specifically intended to bless and support the work of building a, uh, a ministry center in Indonesia on the island of Bali uh, to train missionaries and church planters, disciple makers there. And so I just want to say personally on behalf of the elders and on behalf of Jesus Christ, thank you so much for the, those of you that gave uh, above and beyond what you give regularly because it is a privilege and it's an honor to get to give and support the work and so you guys we were able to give ten thousand dollars to go and support that work there in indonesia and just want to bless god for that and praise god for that so anyway yeah let's um let's thank him for that yeah um so thank you and then uh the other thing and this is kind of in the same vein and i don't mean this to be just a focus on money but uh, a few months ago we shared with you guys that really since COVID, uh, when we very first had the initial, uh, you know, interaction with COVID and, and kind of things shut down and then sort of coming out of that, really for the last few years, um, we didn't, we weren't, we weren't giving as a congregation enough to meet our budget. Um, God provided resources and he provided beyond what we needed. But for a few years, it was like, okay, Lord, like this is one of those seasons and you have given us reserves to care for the, the needs of our flock and to do the ministry. And uh, we just kind of brought that to you guys, even in a family meeting. And I just want you to know that the last two months, you guys have given above and beyond the budget um, that was there. And so I just want to say thank you again on behalf of the elders and behalf of Jesus that you are faithfully giving, uh, stewarding God's resources well. And so that's a real blessing. It's a gift and it's an encouragement because sometimes the only time we talk about money is when we need it. And we're like, I don't have enough. Uh, but we want to say thank you because we see God providing so we can do more ministry, more work in our city to help more people come to know Jesus. And I, I wish I could share all the different ways that we're able to use those resources. And well, that'll be for another day. Um, but just want you to know that God's at work. And, uh, and so thank you. Thank you for faithfully giving. Um, not from guilt, but out of a, just a, a genuine um, gratitude of God's grace and his generosity toward us. So thank you. Um, all right, so back to what I said. Uh, we are going to address uh, something a little bit different. It's not actually that far of a fetch to go from Galatians chapter 4 to where we are in 1 Corinthians 12, but let me give you just a touch of backstory, okay? So, um, as Jada mentioned uh, earlier, we just recently had our men's and our women's retreats. We recognize not everybody here was able to attend those uh, for various reasons. Uh, but they both were very powerful. They were very meaningful. They were very helpful. I would say catalytic is probably a good accurate word in terms of just what they did in, in regards to, to unity in our body and to growth and to sort of some next steps. And if you've been with us for the last uh, handful of years, you may have sensed that there has been uh, just sort of an uptick is what I'd call it, but an increase in spiritual activity. And I think that's because we're learning how to be a spiritual body. Um, it's, 
It's, you know, it's pretty common to have uh, churches that teach the Bible. Um, pretty common to have churches that, you know, talk about Scripture, talk about Jesus, preach the gospel. Um, but it is, it is uh, becoming, I would say, in, in, at least in the, the, the United States, uh, you know, uncommon for, for um, people to talk about the work of the Holy Spirit. Not that it doesn't happen at all, but the work of the Holy Spirit empowering God's people, His body, to be who He's called us to be. And you've heard us say through the book of Galatians, um, you've heard us talk about this even prior to Galatians, that, you know, we are called to be a spiritual people. To be a Christ follower is to be a spirit-indwelled person, right? To be a new creature, a new creation, that new wineskin that now can, can have this, this, the living uh, God inside of us, at work on us, uh, and in us, and through us. And so um, we, have, we have sensed that, we've prayed into that, and one of the things that you may not be aware of, I've shared with a few of you, you know, is, uh, you know, my journey as a Christ follower began nine months before I was born, okay? So while I was in the womb, I started hearing sermons because I grew up in a Christian home. Some of y'all understand what I'm saying, right? Um, so I started hearing teaching, and I started hearing uh, scripture read, and pr prayers prayed, and all those things. And when I came out of the womb, I was born into a, a setting where there was a lot of good uh, Bible teaching and a lot of good uh, community, biblical community. Um, and, and yet there was, uh, there was kind of a head nod to the work of the Spirit, but, but really not a, a, an engagement with uh, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. And, and so I've been on a lifelong journey of discovering, like, who is this other person of the Godhead, right? Because God is Father, God is Son, and God is Holy Spirit. And we've joked about it around here. Maybe you've heard us say this. We don't mean this to be condescending or, or trite, but there are a lot of Christians who live the Trinity is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Bible, okay? That's kind of how they view um, the Christian faith. And we'd say, no, that's actually not true. Um, there's a third person called the, the Holy Spirit. Jesus spoke of him and said, uh, you want me to leave so that I can send him to you. He is the paraclete, the helper who's going to come alongside of you. He's going to comfort you. He's going to teach you. He's going to convict you of sin. He's going to guide you into truth, right? And so um, all, all of that, um, I, I'm not going to spend my time just unpacking my own personal journey, but increasingly sensed, you know what? Like, there's more to this Holy Spirit. There's more to the fact that the Holy Spirit actually um, has, has more things to offer than we are uh, talking about, that, we're, that we are acting on, practicing, engaging with. And so that's been my own personal journey. And then five years ago, I felt the personal conviction. God was saying, it's time to just stop talking about the Holy Spirit and kind of giving a head nod, but actually like press in even further into like actually getting to know Him uh, and to engage with the work of the Spirit. Um, who is God? Again, I keep saying this, but He's God, okay? And, and to begin to actually like practice the things that Scripture says about Him, to actually implement those things, okay? And so I went to a, a thing called a Convergence Conference. Um, you know, in church world, there's always a conference for everything, right? And, uh, but one of my friends was on staff at a church in Oklahoma City. He's a worship pastor. 
and uh, his pastor there is a guy named Sam Storms, and he told me, he said, hey, you need to come up to this conference, and I was like, okay, great. He's like, there's this dude from England coming, Andrew Wilson, and there's these other guys that are coming, Matt Chandler. I was like, oh, Matt's my friend from college. Like, let's go to this, and let's go, let's go hang out, and let's hear about this, okay? And so I went, and I took actually four or five guys from here. JT was there. I was trying to think who else was all there, but we took some guys here, and I, I felt like that weekend, uh, that, that time there, uh, God was saying, this is getting ready to be an, an escalation point. There's, there's something here that's happening, and, and so uh, I want to, to in, in, you know, challenge you, encourage you to step in and just keep following me because there's more I want to show you about the work of the Holy Spirit. And so I remember praying into those things. I began remember thinking, okay, Lord, I don't know exactly how this is going to work, how we're going to do this, but let's just go. I'm with you. Kind of a little bit of what we're saying, right? I'm going to make room for you, God. Whatever you want to do, let's do that. And, and so as that happened, um, God began to put pieces together, and things that I'd heard just in theory and ideas began, be, became reality more and more. And, um, and I would say, obviously, it was bef- way before that that I had engaged with the Holy Spirit, but um, there was definitely parts to it where I saw, like, okay, a, a local church body, and in fact, the local church body that God's called me to, to help lead, we, we need to grow in this. And I think God's saying I was, you know, he was going to grow us in this. And so all of that leads us to um, even where we are in this moment, where as we've seen this uptick in the work of the Holy Spirit, you guys, if you if you're here on a regular basis or semi-regular basis, you notice uh, the number of people that communicate on a given Sunday morning. Okay, the number of people that are stirred by the Spirit and move and act in obedience. And I want to say thank you for being obedient to the work of the Spirit in your life. Um, it has been hugely encouraging to my heart, and I'm sure to many of you in this room, you've been encouraged because you've gotten to hear uh, words of, of, of being built up uh, because people were obedient to those promptings, right? And they stepped out in faith, and they, they were willing to, to, um, to, to go for it, even though they probably felt uncomfortable, maybe embarrassed, uncertain. And so this, it's been beautiful to watch the, this body come to life in these gatherings, and, uh, and it's not just been in these gatherings, by the way. It's been in our small groups. It's been in our uh, one-on-one conversations. But other places, we see in the, in the, the Holy Spirit at work. And uh, I believe that God is saying that we've got more to grow in, right? We always do. I mean, until Jesus comes back, we're going to keep growing. We're going to keep developing. Uh, but we went through our men's and women's retreats. And on those retreats, we talked again about who is the Holy Spirit. And we talked about how do we long for him, thirst for, for more of God in our lives, and specifically um, being filled by him, okay? Being, being filled with more of his, his presence in our life. And so that's created a lot of conversations, a lot of, uh, you know, questions even for people. And some of those conversations I've had directly, some of those conversations I've just heard of, um, and my guess is that, again, uh, some of you in this room who have been a part of those conversations, you're like, man, I love it if we just got to teach about some of these things. Because the one thing that has kind of emerged, and actually it's the point of tension, uh, is spiritual gifts themselves. Like the work of the Holy Spirit through these spiritual gifts. And, and so you'll hear, like, people when they start talking about spiritual gifts, um, they have a lot of different opinions and perspectives and experiences. And uh, it's been an interesting journey of seeing how many people are hurt or have been confused or have been uh, wounded in some form, um, you know, about this issue of spiritual gifts. 
And, and that's because when humans are involved, first off, things are not always going to be pretty and easy. They're going to be messy because there's sin, right? Because we're, we're sinners. And so we tend to uh, make it about us instead of God. And so then there's things that come from that. It's also because there's an enemy involved who doesn't want us to experience the fullness of what God has for us. And so he wants to breed confusion and doubt and fear and, and all those things, right? So with that said, like the best way I know to combat when you've got confusion and chaos is to go to the scripture and let God speak for himself and let God speak to us. We believe here that we don't worship the Bible, okay? We worship the God of the Bible, right? We believe that God's clearest way he speaks is through his word. In fact, his Holy Spirit inspired the writing of this word and enabled the writing of this word. And so when there's something that we're struggling with, wrestling with, dealing with, and we need answers, the first place we should go is here and say, God, what do you have to say about this, right? Not, not what's my opinion, what's the latest book written, what's the, you know, well, who's the best communicator on this? Like, let's, what does the scripture say? Let's go to the scripture and let the scripture speak. And so that's what we're going to try to do as some of these conversations have been going on, sprinkled around, around the, the issue of spiritual gifts. And so we're just going to depart from Galatians. I don't know how many weeks it's going to take us, at least three or four. Um, and we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14. We won't spend much time in 13. Um, I'll explain more why later, but we're going to look at those, those passages because these, this is the most extensive teaching on spiritual gifts in the Bible, okay? Probably some of you are aware of that already, but I'm just letting you know, all right? So that's where we are. Um, and maybe the question again is why, why study these three chapters? Well, if ever there was a time in human history when we needed the Spirit of God to work and to move and to empower, it's now. I mean, we need God to move and work and empower his body. We need, uh, we need all, every resource at our disposal, right, um, to be who God's called us to be. Um, as we know from Scripture, we taught through Revelation last year. I, I, I don't mean this to be doom and gloom, but Scripture clearly paints for us that things aren't going to get easier. They're going to get harder. Things aren't going to get better. They're going to get worse. And so it's kind of foolish to think that, you know, like as we get nearer to the return of Jesus, that things are just going to become more utopian, that, you know, somebody that's just going to all come together, it's going to work itself out. Actually, the scripture says, no, it's going to become harder. The love of many will grow cold. And it's actually speaking about believers in that, that context, right? That many people, there will be greater disobedience to parents, there'll be greater disrespect, there'll be greater divisions, there'll be greater problems. Now, that doesn't just, I mean, while that weighs heavy on me, uh, I'm not just doom and gloom, and I don't feel like, oh man, everything's terrible, right? Because we have a God who is at work. But we need all of the resources that God has given us as his people to do what he's called us and asked us to do. And, and, and I, I believe that this is a, a big piece of this, all right? So, to not operate in spiritual gifts is actually to miss out, possibly even to reject I would say that strongly, to reject God's plan A, his best for us, right? And so um, I want to kind of bring some, some hope, hopefully bring some clarity over the next few weeks through the scripture itself. Now, um, there are three big pictures, and, and some of this is going to sound kind of like I'm geeking out a bit because I want to make sure that I bring some clarity. Some of this stuff, you'll be like, I don't really care about that. Others of you, hopefully, this will be helpful to you. And then as we go through, everybody's going to eventually get some help here uh, along the way. But there are three camps when it comes to spiritual gifts, and I just think this is important for me to say up front. 
there are three camps that, um, of the- theology around spiritual gifts, and um, the first two are, are more, most clearly spoken about. The third one is actually the one that I found myself in for a long time. Um, the first camp is the idea of cessationism, and what that simply means, and again, 1 Corinthians 13 actually has a phrase there that, uh, that, that they kind of pull from to say that, that spiritual gifts, in particular the spiritual gifts that are the sign gifts, the miraculous gifts, right, uh, like healing and prophecy, um, these gifts that are a little bit odd, um, but they're, they're like stunning because they're, they're miraculous in their nature, uh, that those no longer operate, those, those no longer exist. That exist. That's why they call them cessationists, right, because it's ceased. And there's some who actually believe this, and so they believe that those certain spiritual gifts, usually, again, the more miraculous supernatural sort, speaking in tongues, prophecy, word of knowledge, healing, those no longer are needed, those are no longer in use. God has closed that chapter of human history and his interaction with us in that way. And so uh, they say because the Bible, the canon of Scripture is closed, therefore we don't need any other revelation from God in, in, this, in this way. Okay, so that's one camp. The second camp um, is continuationists, okay, those who believe that the gifts are continuing to, to be used. Um, and those people believe that all spiritual gifts mentioned in the New Testament will uh, keep on existing until Christ Jesus returns, okay? And that God gave the Holy Spirit to accomplish his will through his people, all right? And so that's, that's the two main camps that you're going to find when you talk about how people think about spiritual gifts, now, I actually think there's a third category, and I've already described a little bit through my own journey, and that is, I would call us cautious continuationists. <laughs> so we actually believe that the gifts still exist, we just don't know what to do with them, so we just avoid them. Okay? Like, that's what I would say. We just kind of simply avoid them because it's easier, and let's be honest, um, because we have seen people get hurt, like I remember when I was growing up, I, was, I, I remember part of what, what shaped me in this is that we had some people that were a part of the ministry that my parents were leading, and they got involved with some, some more charismatic theology, and pretty quickly they started saying things like, you guys aren't really saved. You don't really have the Holy Spirit. You don't really have, you're not really as mature and in as we are. And they began to say that unless you had these particular gifts, namely speaking in tongues, let's just call it like that was one of the biggest ones, then you're not actually a legit Christian. They said that. So you can imagine the conversation I'm listening as a little boy, listening to my parents talk about those things. And my parents, who I knew loved Jesus, were paying a heavy price for following Jesus, leading the church. We're hearing their friends that they had invested much of their energy and effort into helping them grow and be discipled. We're now telling them that they weren't legit legit Christians because they didn't speak in tongues and they didn't have the Holy Spirit. So maybe I had a little bit of issue I needed to work through, right? In my own heart, maybe you have some of those. Because those stories are pretty strong. They were pretty vivid in your memory, right? When you think about those kind of things. I've seen churches, whole churches split in half over the issue of speaking in tongues. I've seen whole groups of people, large people, just like spawn off and go over here and do their own thing and say, you know what, you guys don't have the spirit, we do. We're, talking, we're, we're taking our ball and going over here and doing our new thing. So there's hurt around that, and therefore the enemy has won. There's been a lack of unity, there's been a lot of disunity, a lot of division. And so... For some of you, even the fact that I said spiritual gifts to start the conversation today, you're already like, uh-oh. 
I mean, seriously, some of you have that feeling. It kind of wells up in you. There's a little bit of, uh, you know, feeling in your gut, like, do we really want to talk about this? Can we just keep being, like, doing what we're doing? Do we have to talk about this? Um, and so that caution, cautious continuation is, I mean, again, uh, there's a lack of understanding. There's, a, there's some hurt. There's some concern. Uh, and, and in particular, I think people who get in this, con- this cautious phase, uh, they feel like that, that what's going to happen is we're just going to move it into sensationalism and just sort of like subjectivity. And it just becomes all about how you feel things. You just feel your way through things. And I just, I don't believe that we are called to just feel our way through things, right? Um, and I believe that the scripture lays out to, for us, we are supposed to be people of the word and people of the spirit at the same time. And in our culture, we find polarization in that, in, in the Christian culture a lot. So you've got one group of people, we're word people. We don't, we don't just get into all that feely, feely stuff, right? And then the other people are like, man, you guys are like, I don't, do y'all even love God? You know, you just want to, you are you just like all cerebral? You just want to talk about intellectual things? You don't really want to, you, do you even have any kind of warmth towards God, you know? And so there's accusations that kind of happen and this tension that kind of arises in these accusations. And so, um, again, th- I don't know where you find yourself today. I'll just tell you that because of some of my experience, again, I found myself in that third camp. I wasn't against the gifts. I didn't believe that they didn't exist or the Holy Spirit didn't exist. I just didn't know what to do with them and felt like maybe if I get involved in that, that's just going to create some hurt and I don't want to go there. So I want to just talk for a second um, at a very basic level. Like what, what are spiritual gifts? Okay, let's just give a basic definition so we can at least operate from that. And today might seem very basic for some of you guys in this room, but we need to all be together as a body. Let's, let's have a baseline to work from. Kind of like we did on the retreat. We said, here's who the Holy Spirit is. Here's the biblical understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. Okay? The most familiar term that Paul used uh, in, uh, for the, the, the term uh, spiritual gift is charisma. Uh, char- charismata is the actual plural of that. Okay? And embedded in that is this idea that it is a gracious work of God. Okay? So the, the right up front, Grace. You guys know what grace is? It's unearned favor, right? That's one of the simple, simple ways to communicate. That's the theological way you use the terms unmerited favor, but I like unearned favor, right, from God. So spiritual gifts are not something that you can earn. They're not something that you can attain through trying to do enough good stuff to get God to give you this gift, right? A gift is a gift. If you have to work for it, it's not a gift anymore, right? So it's a gift, spiritual gift. It's, a care, it's it, this idea that's grace oriented. Um, and we, we know that this is important because some people think that, you know, if I can do these certain things, and we'll talk about this in a second, then I can get these certain gifts. Um, secondly, if charisma points us to the origin of these spiritual gifts, kind of being initiated by, instigated by God as a grace gift, the next word that's used in there is diakona. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, but um, in, in the New Testament, there's two primary uh, positions of, uh, in, the, in the roles that are, that are listed out in the, in the church. Uh, and one of them is diakonos, which means servant, and that's actually deacons. Anybody ever heard the word deacon before in church? Okay, that's where it comes from. So n- notice this, diakono, uh, what does that mean? Well, it means service <laughs> or ministries. So the idea behind spiritual gift is that it's a service or ministry to who? God's people, right? To the body. 
Now, it can be outside of that, too. It can actually expand beyond it because we have a mission that, that's bigger than just simply taking care of each other. But it starts right here in this body, building each other up. So, so what's interesting about this is that when I told you my story about people getting spiritual gifts and then using that, you know, like to kind of elevate themselves spiritually— um, and see themselves as more spiritual and kind of like using it as a way to advance their platform, that's the total opposite of what they were given for. They were given to build up the body, right? To help others, to serve others. The point is that spiritual gifts are less privileges and more responsibilities. Let me say that again. Spiritual gifts are less privileges, though they are a privilege and they are a blessing from the Lord when he gives them, they're actually a responsibility. They're actually something that we are now called a steward to bless others, to serve others, to build others up in their faith in Jesus, to help them grow. So gifts are not for personal adornment. They're not for status or power or popularity, even though that's what happens when human beings get things and we try to make it about us, right? The third thing that's helpful is just to think about this word that's used in, in uh, I'm going to butcher it, but it's the inner energema. Uh, another way to say that um, is this idea of energy. You see this effect, this working. Um, this is the, the idea that it, there's a, an empowerment. There's a divine empowerment that comes in spiritual gifts, okay? And I think that what's cool about this, and y'all probably already have seen this, is that as people get spiritual gifts, as those spiritual gifts start to be practiced and used, you sense a divine uh, empowerment in it, Right? So let me just make a real quick observation. In the last few weeks, even since our retreats, we had some people at the retreats who specifically said, I want to grow in being filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to grow in being more in tune with God. I want more of God in my life. I want to be more active, right? And there were people who prayed over them. And you know what I've noticed? I've noticed an increased boldness in their life. I've noticed an increased sense that God's hand in empowering is on them. I could give you two examples from last week's service alone, okay, that there's a level of growth. And what's so cool about it is because what I see in those p people that I'm noticing this is that their eyes are drifting away from themselves to God. And so there's more confidence because it's no longer about how people perceive them. There's no longer how about how they viewed when they operate in gifts. It's actually not about them at all. Now, again, we're, we're all human, so we're going to be in this struggle for the rest of our days. Um, but at some level, what's beautiful is as the Holy Spirit empowers us, we get our eyes on Him, we start to rely on Him, we start to depend on Him, and God does amazing things in and through us. So, um, gifts then are the concrete operations of divine energy through individual believers. Let me just give you two quick definitions from two guys that I highly respect. One is a guy named Tim Keller, um, who we quote fairly often around here. And he says, a spiritual gift is an ability, working or power, that comes to you freely. There's that grace gift, right? So there's the power, there's the grace gift, for the purpose of ministering to the needs of others. So as to build up Christian community in size and depth for the common good. All right? Um, and then Sam Storms, the guy I mentioned earlier that uh, was speaking predominantly at that, that uh, Convergence Conference, He's been really helpful. In fact, he's got some great resources out I could point you to. It would be worth a listen or worth a read. He says, We may define a spiritual gift as a God-given and therefore gracious capacity to serve the body of Christ. It is divinely empowered or spiritually energized potential to minister to the body of Christ 
by communicating the knowledge, the power, and the love of Jesus. I like that. Okay? But notice again, the focus is not on us. It's on who? Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He's the spotlight who says, Jesus, he's what you're longing for. He's who you need. So anytime spiritual gifts are putting the spotlight on something other than Jesus, <laughs> we, got, we got issues. Right? It's not where we're outside the scripture. We're outside of God's intent and his design. It is about Jesus. And it is about his people building them up in the person of Jesus, their identity in Christ. And um, I think this is where, again, um, we get ourselves in a lot of trouble because we, we lose sight of, of Jesus in it. And, and Holy Spirit's baseline job description is to glorify Jesus, to point people to Jesus. That's us. So some important things to note about spiritual gifts from the passage we read today, all right? First thing is this. Even though confusion and abuse exist, I'm kind of, we're going to repeat myself in different ways today. Even though confusion and abuse exist, we should still pursue to understand and use spiritual gifts. Now, for some of you are like, well, why would you do that? <laughs> if we know that it's going to create problems, why would we want to stir that up? Because as I said, we need the Holy Spirit more than we've ever needed the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. I want to keep growing. I want to keep becoming mature in you and, and, and helping this body become mature and reach more people with the gospel. And remember what Jesus said as he was leaving. He said, um, wait, and the Holy Spirit will come, right? And you will be my witness. You'll be empowered to be my witnesses. And we need the Holy Spirit to do that. But that, saying, that said, the context of 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, think about this for a second. Have you guys ever read the book of 1 Corinthians? <laughs> if you don't know this, they were probably the most screwed up church in the New Testament. Like, most immature, based on what Paul's writing, it's pretty, it's pretty intense. Uh, they had some weird stuff going on, um, some unholy, some unhealthy stuff, right? I won't get into all the specifics, but just note to say they weren't super mature. But what we do notice is that Paul never tells them once to stop using the gifts. They were using a lot of gifts. That's pretty evident. And he never says, hey, time out. You guys are too immature. Stop. He never tells them that in all of his instruction on spiritual gifts. It's not disuse, but proper use that we need to focus on, right? So we don't ignore them and, and, and push them aside because there's abuse or there's possible abuse. It's we, we press in and we say, God, help us to use them the way you want to use those things. We want to honor you. We want to bless you. We want to keep the focus on Jesus. Here's, here's what's cool. This is the second thing. Every Christian, if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, every one of us who have done that, and we have received the gift of salvation. We become a new creature in Christ. We have at least one spiritual gift. Some of you are like, I don't have any. You do. You do. Okay? Maybe you don't know it yet. Maybe you haven't seen it yet, but you have at least one. And we're going to talk more about this in the weeks to come. But I love that the it, it says to each one is distributed a gift, right? God gives every one of us at least one. And here's what's interesting. Um, some of you have more than one. It's not uncommon to have more than one, but, you know, you will see uh, that, that there will be different gifts given to, to people. And we'll come back to that in a minute because that's an important part of this. Um, what I want to say in that is this, because one of the big pushbacks is, well, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a church leader. I'm not mature. I'm not. Remember what we already said about Corinthians? They weren't mature either. And they had all these spiritual gifts that they were operating in. Right. But here's the thing. Spiritual gifts do not denote spiritual maturity. Now, that's a big thing we're going to have to come back to later on. 
Um, but just because people have spiritual gifts doesn't mean that they're mature. Remember what my friends or my parents, former friends, <laughs> said to them, like, oh, now we've got the spirit. Now we're more mature, right? We're, like, that's not the point, okay? You can, you can be immature and have spiritual gifts. And this is part of the reason why we've got problems, again, in some of the, the, the way that these things are working themselves out in the church today. Why it's causing some problems, because immature people using gifts wrongly, wrong purpose. So, it's not just for pastors, it's not just for leaders, not just for super Christians, it's an all play. If you're in Christ, you have a spiritual gift, the Holy Spirit's in you, um, it's been, he's been deposited in you, and so you have this opportunity to participate. Now, here's the cool thing. We don't all have the same gifts, and there's not a gift that everybody gets. Does that make sense? So, we don't all have the same gifts. Praise God for that, right? Because we need each other. It's the beauty of that. And I love what you said, Cindy, just like, yeah, because well, you read 1 Corinthians 12, you just get emotional, like, thinking about, like, those don't just represent gifts, they represent people that I need in my life to grow. And I'm so thankful I've got people in my life have different gifts than me and see things different than me and build me up in different ways that I wouldn't be, you know, wouldn't be able to grow if I didn't have those gifts around me. So praise God for that. Um, but there's, there's not like there's this one gift that everybody's going to get either, okay? Um, and I think that's important for us to talk about as we go through this process. Um, all the gifts of the Spirit, whether tongues or teaching, whether prophecy or mercy, whether healing or helps, were given, among other reasons, for the edification, we already talked about this, for the building up of the body, to encourage, to instruct, to console, to sanctify the body of Christ, okay? So just remembering again that these gifts are there to build up the body. And um, we won't get to it today. We're going to come back to this. Some gifts are things that you can recall and use and implement at any point in time. And some gifts are, are gifts that come and go. And I just, I just think the Bible, the Bible lays that out for us, okay? I think it, it helps us understand that sometimes gifts, and we'll, again, we'll, we'll talk about what, what that means and how that works. So that's going to be coming in the weeks ahead because I can't get into it right now. Um, and then notice in this passage that we read, again, the Spirit gifts as He wills. Okay, so the Holy Spirit gives these things, activates these things in people as he wills. There's the sovereignty of God. So everybody's like, well, so my goal basically is just to be open and God will do it. Right? I would actually say that that's not how the world works. That's not how our salvation works. That's not how gifts work. Okay, absolutely God is sovereign over these things. But we also have a responsibility, don't we? And so later in this same exact chapter, at the end of the chapter, I, I, we're kind of jumping ahead here for a second, but at the, the very end of chapter 12, and I'm going to come back and review these for a second before we're done, he actually tells them to, to earnestly desire the gifts. So God does sovereignly give these gifts, but we also are called to seek them. But, but not for our own sake, right? But for the sake of God's purposes in his kingdom. So, God does gift as he will, but it doesn't eliminate the fact that we are still called to, to pray and ask God to give us the gifts that he has for us. Le every time I say this, there are some of the people that are going to be on the word side that are going to immediately start to go, uh-oh, here we go, right? And I get that. Remember, we never seek the gift more than the giver, right? That's that simple, simple reminder. Like, we are seeking Jesus. We are seeking God. We are seeking, and we, want, we want God. He is the ultimate gift right? And then he's, uh, these gifts, these, these spiritual gifts are, are simply inviting him to, to work in and through us, 
and the unique and profound and powerful ways that he can and wants to. And then finally, this is going to be interesting for some of you guys. We don't get all the gifts at one time. Now, some of you are like, wait a minute. <laughs> what? Um, I, I believe the scripture, if it's telling us to desire the gifts, to earnestly desire these gifts, then we don't just get them all at once. There's a, prog- there's a progression. There's a growth, right, in this thing. And, and so there's, at, you know, I, I believe that what we could make from the bibli- biblical perspective is that um, there's ways to grow in, 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 in receiving new gifts and understanding new, new ways to operate in those gifts. And I think that's significant because some of us have said, well, I got all God that he wants me to have. I got all the gifts he wants me to have. So what else do I got to do now? Just kind of just work this thing out, right? Just kind of l- live my life. And I would say we are to be actively, again, growing and, and uh, in pursuing God and pursuing what he has for us. Again, there could be a lot of ways that we could talk about these and illustrations we could give to them, but I'm just trying not to muddy the water, okay? So I want to I wanna just kind of close out our time with this thought um, as, as an encouragement and a challenge from Scripture. Uh, I don't want us to just simply be open to spiritual gifts. I want us to pursue God and pursue more of what He has for us in them. Um, and I think it's because, again, we, we are not going to be who he's called us to be. We're not going to be as effective in the mission he's called us to without the resources and the tools he's given us. So I think about this illustration like it's a simple one. Maybe, you know, again, there's ways it breaks down. But if I told you, hey, listen, here's the deal. Um, I want to gift you a million dollars, Eric. Okay. He's like, gladly, I'll take that. I'm going to gift you a million dollars. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put it in your bank account. Okay. And it's going to be sitting there in your bank account. Now, if you get a million dollars put in your bank account, that's great. But the question, but, but really, the gift is, is great, but it's not great until you use it. And I, I would say to you guys that we've been gifted things and we are offered things, but <laughs> until we actually use it, we're not actually benefiting from it. And I think there are things that God has wanted to bless us with. He's actually said, I want to, you know, again, I want to gift you. I want to help you grow up. I want to help you participate in greater ministry and greater uh, works of, of, of sharing the gospel and, and knowing me better and helping others know me better. And yet we're like, well, I know it's there, but I don't think I really want to use that. And I, I just would encourage us to take a step of faith beyond that. Even starting today, and I think some of you already are and already have, and I think we're seeing some of that. So notice, just, just as a simplistic way of thinking about this, 1 Corinthians 12, 31, I already mentioned it, it's that earnestly desire the higher gifts, the greater gifts is one way it's said. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 1, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. 1 Corinthians 14, 39, earnestly desire to prophesy and do not forget, forbid speaking in tongues. Uh, Romans 12, 6, 6, having the gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. That's pretty straightforward. Let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 through 21, do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. So I just simply give you those verses to remind us that the scripture tells us we should actually grow in that. We should actually move towards that. We should actually pursue that. That actually God wants us to have those things. He's so good to us. He's such a good father. And so um, I want to simply close out this time today because <laughs> we're just asking. It's funny. Um, people think that 
spiritual gifts a lot of times are tied to like just like hyper emotionalism and so it's like well if you know to get gifts that means we got to start acting real weird i mean seriously that's what i hear it's like well if i get gifts then we'll start acting weird um it's just not true. God is going to do some unique things. There's going to be some different things in us. And, and, and we were having this conversation as elders a few weeks back, and it's like, what's wrong with Christians being a little strange, though? Being a little different. I mean, should, shouldn't we see supernatural works among us? Shouldn't we actually see God doing things that we can only explain by that's God? But don't, don't let the enemy rob you of the gifts that God has for you because of fear of man or fear of looking weird <laughs> or fear of failure or fear of, of, of those things or fear of like screwing it up, okay? Um, just in a childlike faith, we can come to our Father and say, God, we know, you know, we know that you know what we need and we're coming and asking for more of you and more of you at work in us and through us. So I wanna invite you just to, um, just to bow your heads as we, we, we close out. And as a simple act of faith, um, I, I would just would say to you, um, God sees your heart. He knows my heart. There's nothing hidden from him, and he knows our desires, and he knows our needs. Um, and God just wants to bless us. So, if we believe that to be true, then um, we can be confident that if we ask, that he'll meet us there. And he'll give us what he sees fit to give us, right? Because as he wills. But I would, I would simply say, if today you're, you're in that space of saying, you know what? I'm, I'm ready for more of God. I want more of him. I want, I want more of his gifts. So that I can do the work that he's called me to then I would just simply ask you um, to stand up and to say, I want more of God today. Um, I want more of his gifts. I want more of his work in my life. And uh, I think God sees that, and he wants to meet you in that today. Father, God, I, I just believe that you, as the scripture tells us so clearly, are a good father who loves to give your children good gifts. And when I read the scripture and it says, when we ask of you for bread, you don't give us a stone. That when we ask of you, in fact, it says you give us the Holy Spirit. You give us more of you. You give us what we really need. That we can trust that, God, you see us today, that you are hearing us, and that you want to fill us. And so I, I just would simply, God, pray in the most basic way I can, Father, would you fill these that have stood? Would you fresh fall on them? And God, would you awaken their hearts to new realities of your grace and your spirit's work in their lives? 
God, I pray that you would awaken gifts in this body to grow us to accomplish the work you've called us to. Father, I pray that you would give the gifts that were listed that we read this morning, that every one of those gifts would be manifest in this body. That every one of those gifts would be used and practiced and it not for our glory, but for your glory, God. Not for our name, not for Point Community Church, not for, for our leaders, not for any one person, but for your name, Jesus. We are praying. We are asking. And so, Father, I just pray, just like we see in the book of Acts and see what we see throughout the Scripture and the New Testament, that your Spirit would awaken, would bring life, would bring fresh gifting to this body. And that we would step forward boldly in confidence and in love to operate and do what you've called us to do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for meeting us in this moment. Thank you, Lord.